welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Happy Easter, everybody. Welcome to the 530 service. Hey, we're praising God for our Good Friday service last night where 28 people here gave their lives to Jesus Christ. And what's all about people going from death to life in Jesus. And Good Friday was all about the cross and the death of Christ. And today we celebrate our risen Savior. And if you've got your Bibles, we're going to Luke chapter 24. Those are, good, those are some good claps. We're going to get there. Trust me. Luke chapter 24, uh, starting in verse 1 in just a second. But first, Jesus has been arrested. He has been brought before trial. He has been beaten, scourged, and now he had been nailed to a cross, and he died. Jesus died. He didn't just pass out. He died. This is not human resuscitation. This is supernatural resurrection. And he died And he was buried in a tomb. And they put a stone in front of the tomb. They put guards in front of the tomb to make sure that if anybody tried to tell a goofy story about a resurrected Christ, that it would never happen. But this is what we read, what happened on that Sunday morning. Let's read together verse 1. We ready? But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, angels. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven because Judas had betrayed. Now there's eleven apostles and disciples and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale. Even the people that walked with Jesus for three years thought this was a fairy tale, not believing it. They did not believe them, but Peter rose and ran to the tomb. In in the Gospel of John, John makes sure to add, it wasn't just Peter running to the tomb. John was running to the tomb as well. And he adds a little detail saying that the one Jesus loved, talking about himself, beat Peter to the tomb. That is convenient. (laughs) Peter rose, ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. The title of this message is Jesus Came Looking for Me. Jesus came looking for me. Lord, we thank you that you are our risen Savior. Jesus, you are alive and well. We thank you that you sit at the right hand of the Father, even right now. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is in the room. 
and living in us, making your home in us, those who are in Christ. And we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for the gift of salvation. And we pray right now for anybody in the room that found themselves here on an Easter service, whether they wanted to be here or not, but they're here. Lord, I pray that they would know deep down beyond anything that happens in this service, they would know by the Holy Spirit, God himself speaking to their heart, that this is an appointed time that they belong here and everything that they've ever searched for is found in Jesus. Everything that they've looked to sustain themselves, to provide satisfaction, is found only in Jesus. And we pray for salvation at the end of this service. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Have you ever met somebody, we got a lot of these people in Minnesota, have you ever met somebody that when it's below zero, they seem to not realize what season it is? Because they're deciding that it's okay to wear shorts in the dead of winter. Or maybe t-shirt. In the last service, we had a wife just nudging her husband like, that's you. Like, come on, put some pants on. Get a jacket on. What are you doing? It's like they, like they don't know the season, and maybe you're here going like, that's me, I'm a tough guy. That's what I do, you know, and that's fine. The, the flip side of that is we don't see this as much, but when it's 100 degrees, people wearing snowsuits, you know, like just dripping sweat, and like maybe, I don't know, maybe they're cutting weight, or I don't know what they're doing. I, wrestler, maybe they're a wrestler, and they're just trying to drop some poundage. I don't know. I don't know. Have you ever met somebody that they've got no clue what season it is? And there's a scripture in the Bible talking about the tribe of Issachar, the sons of Issachar. They knew what the season was, and they did what the season called. And today, I want to declare to you what the season is and what the day is. Today is resurrection day. Today is Jesus is alive day. We are not here right now to debate whether or not Jesus is the resurrected king. We're here to declare it. We're not here to guess if this is true. We're here to glorify the name of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We're not here wishing Man, I wish this was true. We're here to worship and to lift up the name of Jesus. We believe it. Before we get to resurrection, just a recap of Good Friday. First is sin was placed on Jesus. Jesus is the only perfect one, the only one that was not born with a sin nature. That's why the virgin birth matters. Why does it matter? Because we were born in with a sin nature. Not only do we sin, but we had a sin nature. Jesus is the only one conceived by the Holy Spirit without a sin nature, nor did he ever sin. He's perfect. He's as perfect as perfect could be, yet sin was placed on him and he is the only one that could pay for the sins of humanity and it was put on him Isaiah 53 3 through 6 he was despised prophesying about the coming Messiah prophesying about Jesus he was despised and rejected by man a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and as one from whom men hide their faces he was despised and we esteemed him not Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, prophesying about the cross. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. There was an exchange. The chastisement that we deserved was placed on him, and what we got in exchange was peace, eternal peace. 
And with his wounds, we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We've all gone astray. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Point number one, Jesus was pla- or sin was placed on Jesus. The second point is love is what held him on the cross. His love for you and me. His love for the people of God. Jesus said this in John 15, 13. Greater love has no one than this. That someone lay down his life for his friends. Jesus goes beyond laying his life down for friends. He lays his life down for enemies. Once, you and I, who were far off, were enemies of God, yet God made a way through his son, Jesus Christ, that we could become friends again. Jesus didn't just lay down his life for his friends, but his enemies, the very people who were crucifying Jesus, he was paying the price for their sin. Romans 5, 6 through 8, for while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus could have given up. He could have said, hey, I'm I'm not doing this. Thank God he went all the way. And we have proof that in the Garden of Gethsemane, as he's being arrested, Peter, the wild disciple, brings out his sword and starts hacking ears off. And Jesus says, Peter, put your sword away. And right before Jesus heals the enemy that's arresting him, puts his ear back on his head, he He tells Peter, do you not know that right now I could call to the Father and the Father would send 12 legions of angels to rescue me. Jesus went all the way, even though he could have escaped it. Thank God Jesus went all the way. His love for you and me kept him on that cross, going all the way even to death. And the book of Hebrews says it was the joy set before him. You, even you, who are far from God. Right now, there's people in this room, you've never given your life to Jesus. Even you, you are the joy that was set before Jesus, that kept him on the cross to pay for your sin, past, present, and future. And only in him can you find forgiveness of sin and life and life more abundantly. Sin was placed on Jesus. Love kept him on the cross, even to death. And God's power, point number three, raised Jesus from the dead. Acts 2, 32 and 33, it says, Jesus, God raised up. This Jesus, God raised him up. And of that, we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received the Father by the promise of the Holy Spirit, received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. He has poured out that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. Romans 8, 11. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. I said earlier, this is not earthly humanity resuscitation. He didn't just black out on that cross. He died and this is supernatural resurrection. The power of God raised Jesus from the dead and it matters that not only Jesus died for you but Jesus is alive and well right now. And here's how we're closing. Jesus died, rose again and he paid for your sin. And what is Jesus doing right now? Not only sitting at the right hand of the Father but he is coming after you. What did he do when he rose from the dead before he ascended to the Father? He started going after people. 
He started presenting himself, and this is the heart of who Jesus is. He is coming after people. He went after Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James that we just read in the story, presenting himself. He's presenting himself to people, and then he goes to two people in, uh, on their way to Emmaus, and Jesus walks with these people, and, and they don't know that it's Jesus. They don't know that it's the resurrected Savior, and Jesus walks for seven miles with these people. He stays with them into the night, and, and he reveals Reveals himself by the breaking of bread, by the blessing, by the passing it around. Their eyes were then opened, believing, seeing. This is the resurrected Savior. And he vanishes because now anything is possible. Because if you can die and raise again, you can vanish in midair. Anything is possible. We believe, side note, we believe in the miraculous. We don't believe that you can explain away everything in our logic or in our science. We believe in the miraculous. And thank God he can do it through logic. Thank God he can do it through science. Thank God he can do it through medicine and people's gift sets and their knowledge. That's awesome. But also, praise God, he can do it through the miraculous. Woo, I feel like preaching. They vanish, and those two that walked with Jesus and sat with them, they said, did our hearts not burn when he spoke to us and when he Open the scriptures to us. Our hearts are burning. There are people in this room, your hearts are beginning to burn, not because some young preacher is yelling at you, but because the Holy Spirit is right now speaking to the innermost part of who you are, speaking to your heart, saying this is what you've been looking for. This is more than emotionalism or manipulation. This is more than some uh, just, hey, look look away and just, just follow. This is more than that. This is real. This is the solution for your soul and eternity. This is the solution for your joy and your peace and the fruit of the Spirit that he wants to pour into your life. Jesus is the answer. He revealed himself. To the women, he revealed himself to these two on the road to Emmaus. He revealed himself to the disciples collectively. And maybe you're here and you've had a God experience in a, like a collection of a brotherhood or sisterhood or in a small group. And you, you, you had a collective experience that you cannot, you, you could not explain away because there's witnesses. And man, we, as a family, we encountered God in this way. Or as a small group, we encountered God. Or in our neighborhood, we saw this miraculous healing or we saw this, this thing that God did and that's awesome God is revealing himself he's coming after people in groups but also one-on-one and Thomas the disciple that hears this report says I'm not believing it and you might be here saying I'm not believing it and I don't have to be Peter hacking people's ears off to defend Jesus he's able to defend himself and reveal himself to you And just like Jesus reveals himself to Thomas one-on-one saying, feel, feel my hands, my wrists where the nails were. Look at me. And Thomas believes. Jesus has the patience for you who are saying right now, I don't believe it. And if you would open the door to your heart, even just a millimeter, God, if you're real, if this is true, prove it to me. And I believe that even tonight, God's going to reveal himself to you in a supernatural, powerful way that this is the truth. He will defend himself and he will prove himself. Not only one-on-one, Jesus reveals himself to over 500 people before his ascension. And you might think, well, now he's gone. Now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. So what, 
how can he reveal himself to me in 2022? The same way that he revealed himself to Saul, who later became Paul. And there might be people that identify with this story right now, and you don't even know that your whole world's gonna be turned upside down by the power of God. Saul, who later became Paul, we read this story, the encounter of Jesus, Acts chapter nine, the worship team can come back. We're gonna sing again. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, Saul was killing Christians. He wasn't just doubting, he was vehemently against it to the point of killing Christians. He went to the high priest and asked for the letters of the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found any belonging to the way, following Jesus, Christians, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem, arrest them, bring them to Jerusalem. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, but rise and enter the city and you will be told what to do. Saul's name was changed to Paul and Paul later would write the majority of the New Testament. And if Jesus can appear to Saul and use him for his kingdom and for his glory to write the majority of the New Testament, you're here today. Hopefully you're not murdering Christians. Hopefully it's a a lesser against Christ. But listen, the spirit of the Antichrist that might be on you can be dissolved in a second by the power of God, just like it was dissolved. Maybe you were drugged here by your spouse. Maybe your parents brought you here. Maybe you don't even know why you're here. And you're thinking, I'm, I'm not just doubting this, I'm against it. And Jesus is gonna prove himself to you. And you are gonna have a Damascus Road experience. I believe it. It may not be light shining down from heaven, but it will be heart burning. Or you cannot shake that Jesus is real and you need him to be your savior. And I'm not praying any affliction over you. But I do pray that you cannot stop thinking about it until you say, I surrender to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because you need this. And your life in eternity is on the line. And this is what the resurrection is all about. The death and resurrection of Jesus made a way for you to be saved. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. There are people here, you have never given your life to Jesus and today you need to do that. Nobody can do it for you. And maybe you were raised in a family that called themselves Christian and you were taught or you thought that you could inherit salvation from your parents or grandparents and you cannot But the gift is offered to you right now. And you need to make a decision. And I believe, because I've experienced it, I believe in spiritual forks in the road. And this is one of them. Where you have to decide whether or not today is the day of salvation for you. And it's a step of faith. It's the way God works. 
man, I don't know if I have it figured out. I don't have all the questions answered. I don't, I'm not sure. Counting the cost is just fine, but you will never make it to salvation without faith. You need to take a step and say, I believe this and watch God catch you. Watch God prove himself. Watch God begin to change your life from the inside out. Watch what God will do with a mustard seed size faith. Do you believe that Jesus is the Lord of your life? Are you ready to surrender your life to him? Do you believe that God the Father raised him from the dead to the point that you're willing in just a few moments to pray out loud with your mouth, repeating after me, everybody in the room together. The Bible says that when you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord of your life, that God the Father raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Today's your day. Maybe you're here and you have a story similar to mine that you were raised in a Christian home. You were taught the right way to go. And maybe you made a decision at five years old or six years old or 13. But if you're honest with yourself, since then, you've really taken the reins back of lordship over your life. All through high school, I was running from God and God came running after me. And he met me at 18 years old. I was in a place I should not have been and he used a friend of mine to come and pull me out quite literally. And that friend said, you should not be living this way. You should not be doing this. God has more in store for you. And that moment was a moment of rededication and a wake-up call. And maybe this is your moment. Saying, I need to surrender all again and put Jesus back in the driver's seat of my life. Are you here for the first time? Or today's a rededication moment saying I'm giving my life to Jesus in just a moment with our heads bowed and eyes closed. I'm gonna count to three. If you're here saying I'm giving my life to Jesus today, when I say three, I'm gonna ask that you lift your hand in the air. Raising your hand is declaring, saying it's me, it's me. I'm giving my life to Jesus today. And you can put your hand right back down. And like I said, in just a moment, we're gonna pray a prayer together. The Bible says when one person comes into the kingdom of God, the family of God, when one is saved, all of heaven rejoices. And this is the fork in the road moment. Will you decide? Today's the day of salvation. When I say three, would you lift your hand? You know it's you. Ready? One, two, three. All over this room. Lift your hand. Yep. Yep. Awesome. All, there's people all over the room making a decision. Today's your day. Here's what the Bible says. The old is gone and the new has come. The old is gone, the new has come. Somebody needs to hear the old is gone and the new has come. That word in the original language, new, is like a new species. It's not an upgraded version of your old self. It is a new self like you have never, never known before. And it's a son or daughter of the most high king. Church, let's pray this prayer together. Repeat these words out loud after me. This is the declaration. This is the confession. Everybody in the room pray. Say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. 
I know I've fallen short. Please forgive me. Today I receive your gift, the free gift of salvation. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. Today I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said amen. Amen.